and welcome to this very special episode of Digest Cast, a podcast dedicated to the belief that big things come in small packages. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag. Along with me is my co-host, the esteemed Rob Kelly, and we're a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Buddy, this is a big deal. When we started this show, well, it's we a small, we... it's a small deal, really. Okay. <laughs> well, we thought that we would be talking about digest from the 70s and 80s. <laughs> At no point did we think that we would be talking about a digest from 2017. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean that's why we're that's why we're doing this uh, special episode, a mini episode, might you might even call it a digest sized episode of the oh. digest cast. How long have you been waiting to use that? That's uh, awesome. About a month, really. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's what we're here to do. This is a special show. This is why it is called Digest Cast number 3.5, the very annoying point five uh, numbering system that I tend to rage against, but here we are using it for the show. Well, it's because we did promise them number four would be Ange, so we right, don't want exactly. to mess that up. Right. So, yes, we are talking about Marvel Comics Digest Issue number one, starring the amazing Spider-Man that is in stores right now. And when I mean stores, I don't just mean your local comic book store. I don't even mean just necessarily your local newsstand. I mean at your grocery stores, at your drug stores, at your Walmarts, all of these things. It's amazing. But before we get much further, folks, we need to take a second to thank our sponsor. Folks, this episode of the Digest Cast is sponsored in part by InStock Trades. InStock Trades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and digests and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping on orders of $50 or more. What you got, buddy? Now, I have uh, Betty and Veronica Double Digest number 243. I have no idea why. Insuck yeah, I know why Instock has this just seemingly random issue of Betty and Veronica Comics Double Digest, but they, but have it they do. It is 160 pages. The normal price is four dollars and ninety nine cents. Instock trades price is three dollars and forty nine cents. That's thirty percent off. And the reason I'm suggesting this one, this random issue of Betty and Veronica, is because I'm sure, like as we all know, you get a special deal. You get free shipping if you spend fifty dollars or more on Instock trades. But I know that from having bought things on Instock trades, you'll you'll total up all your purchases and you have like $48, you know, <laughs> you're just under the wire and you're like, well, you want to buy something small just to tip it over the, well, this will do it. So if you're close to 50 bucks, but you don't want to buy like another whole $15 book, this one for $3.49 will get you over that hurdle. So if you're a Digest fan, and I assume you are because you're listening to the show, Betty and Veronica Double Digest number 243, I'm going to bet without having read it that it features uh, emotional hijinks between Betty and Veronica and Art. Probably. That seems like a safe bet. <laughs> well, in the lower price category as well, I have picked myself a Digest, so this will also help bump you up over that uh, $50 mark. Marvel Adventures Thor and Spider-Man Digest trade paper back and this collects a whole bunch of different stories with with spider-man and thor teaming up and from a variety of different lines it's got um and pay attention because this is going to kind of come into play when we start talking about today's topic uh it's got spider-man team up from the marvel age line it's got spider-man number 40 from the marvel adventures line it's got issues 115 and 16 from marvel team up it's got also an issue of thor all told it's 112 pages normally retails for nine dollars and 99 cents you can get it right now for 45 percent off so it's only five dollars and 49 cents i mean come on that's a great deal like rob said just pushes you up over the line. And 112 pages of super fun Spider-Man and Thor stuff. Come on. I mean, it's great. So please visit InStock Trades for these and all your other collected needs. And by the way, if you can't seem to find a copy of the Spider-Man Digest we're going to cover today, it's actually on InStock Trades right now. So you could always get it that way as well. I wish I had known that at the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Rob, why don't you tell us, in fact, uh, how did you get your copy of this digest? <laughs> it took a lot of effort. Uh, I had to go to two different targets, several pharmacies, um, a very sketchy newsstand uh, <laughs> that, that featured a set of double doors that I was afraid to walk through and lest I'd never return. Uh, <laughs> How many uh, days did you put into this search? A, a, a couple of days. A couple of Oof. days. Oh, and I, I told my friend Dan, who I work with, about the Marvel Digest, and he wanted to get one. So he went to his local Target, and he found one, and he sent me a picture of it, but it was all beaten up. Like, the pages were all bent and stuff like that. So yeah, this this thing took me uh, a long time to find. I, I really did start to wonder, why am I nostalgic about newsstand distribution again? Um, <laughs> but I finally did find it. I did find it, and I picked it up. And so yeah, I'm a proud owner of a Marvel digest which is very very exciting but i won't i won't lie it, it was quite an effort but you know that's the way this thing maybe other tar i mean i've seen it I, i've heard it uh people say it's in other targets it just isn't in the targets around me for whatever reason <laughs> maybe spider-man hates new jersey I, I don't know i don't know what it is about target that the targets around here but uh yeah because we have things called target great land i don't know if you guys have those we have Target and Super Target. Uh, well, that, uh, Target, Great Land, and Super Target. Uh, Super Target, that's great. Uh, I bet they're probably <laughs> the same thing. It's just basically a larger version of Target. And I assume yeah. they would have it, but they did not. Uh, and even places that had some Archie Digest didn't have it. But I did I did, you know, finally get a copy, and it's sitting here in front of me. as I, as I. I. So it was kind of a fun thing. It was kind of fun to be on the hunt again. That's, a, that's been a long time since I, I had to do something like that. But I do hope that when they start building these up and, and – really kind of get the series up and going that they start showing up at regularly at Target and, and other places that uh, kids are at because, you know, that's that's the whole point of this. Yeah, wow, that really sounds like a chore. Uh, thanks for asking how I found mine. So I was in the oh, grocery God. store and getting myself some Diet Mountain Dew, and I looked up and, oh, there it was, so I bought it. So that's kind of <laughs> how that went down. You could see why yeah, I was dying to get to that story. They're everywhere here. Uh, they're, they're, our, they're at my grocery stores. Uh, they're at the Walmarts. They're at the Targets. They're I, I, I'm tripping over them down here. So I, I'm so excited to see them in the stores. I, I had a lot of places to choose from. I thought about buying one in every store. I should have now that I think about it. But oh, so we, excited we to have these in our hands. For them. We did look for them while we were at Heroes Con, but we didn't see them anywhere. Like every time we were like a supermarket or whatever, or like we went to, we went to that 7-Eleven that time, and like I didn't see them. That would have been great if we could have picked them up there. I think they all hit this week. Oh, the, is the it? First, oh, okay. All right. Well, the first indication I saw they were at was Chris Franklin found one. Uh, in a Walmart, and, and he found his the same day I found mine. Okay. So I think that was probably the day they all hit. But either oh, way, okay. they're out there, folks. I mean, come on. And it, my guess is um, the next one doesn't come out till August, and we're right. going to talk about that later. So I would suspect that this one, because, you know, it's newsstand distribution. It's handled differently than a comic book shop. So I imagine these are intended to stay on the racks until August would be my guess. Yeah, I think uh, that's a safe bet. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe it's going to get replaced by an Archie Digest in a month. I don't know. So don't wait. Don't dawdle, folks. But you should still be able to find them in your grocery stores and things like that. So, ah, so exciting. So I'm just – I'm – I, I'm beaming over this. I'm just so happy. We did this, Rob. We made this happen. <laughs> yes. We are totally responsible for, for this turn of events. So, uh, all right. Give you a little description of this, uh, this particular one. Uh, in fact, I will pull the description from InStock Trades. How's that? It says, Marvel's Comics best-selling heroes are now in the ever-popular digest format. Did you hear that, Rob? It's ever-popular. Sure. 
Each digest is a mixture of, of over 200 pages. I was guessing 100. 200 pages of the most memorable classic and modern story spanning every decade of Marvel's history and readership. The first issue spotlights The Amazing Spider-Man, featuring art and stories from the comic greats, including Stan Lee, Steve Dicko, Len Wein, Ross Andrew, and more. This is a can't-miss collector's item that will not be reprinted. Woof! Man, so all right. Well, what? As Rob said, this is a digest cast episode, so we're not going to do a deep dive into this thing. Because besides, we want you to go on buy it. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you what issues are reprinted. We're going to give a super brief, you know, a recap of the story, like one sentence maybe if you're lucky. Uh, we might just go Spider-Man fights the Vulture and move on. I don't know. And then uh, you know, kind of talk about what we thought about the story. So all right. Right. The, the point of this episode was to, to hit this while it's out. Now we wanted to get yeah. this timely because by the time we have and John, this will be on sale. It might even be off sale. We, again, we don't know just yet, so we so we wanted to make this as timely as possible. So that's why this is such a short episode and why we're sort of just briefly hitting on the content. In fact, we're spending more time describing how we're going to describe it than we're actually going to do. So. Oh, the irony. All right, Rob, why don't you tell us the first story in this book? Well, the first one is called Just a Guy Named Joe from Amazing Spider-Man number 38 by, of course, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Woof! And this is a, a story of a guy, down in his luck kind of guy named Joe, who ends up in a freak accident getting some powers and goes on sort of a, a rage through town and Spider-Man has to stop him. And again, it's Stan and Jack. I'm sorry, not, uh, not Jack. Oof. Sorry, Stan and Steve <laughs> doing classic Spider-Man. He didn't do everything. <laughs> so what did, what did you think of this one, buddy? It was fun. I really I really have a, a greater appreciation for the early, early Spider-Man. I didn't used to. I was more of a Marita, Romita guy. But mm-hmm. I, I really have grown to like uh, the Ditko Spider-Man. It's just so strange looking. It's so different than anything that comics superhero comics like have look, looked like at the time or have ever looked like so mm-hmm. I, I like it more and more and it uh, it looks very good on a in a digest page it's clear crisp really easy to follow ditko's layouts are very straight ahead so i think it works really well it, it is super crisp i mean super crisp and we're gonna that's that's gonna play a role later because some of the other stories didn't reprint as well um but you know i guess i'm not a ditko guy yet i guess that's where i because i am more of a romita uh, Ross Andrew kind of guy. So I didn't hate the story by any means. It just, it didn't grab, it was fun. It was a fun Silver Age story, you know, um, and I love Stan's dialogue, but the art didn't grab me like I would hope. So, and I didn't realize Harry Osborn was such a douche to Peter in the beginning. I always think of them as best friends, but apparently not. Hmm. All right. So, you know, it was funny as I was reading the book though, like the mm-hmm. first, it gets to the first story and it doesn't list what it's from because it doesn't give you the cover. Right. And I was like, oh, well, that, that's kind of, I was like, oh, geez, I wish they would list. And then you get to the color ga- cover gallery page. I'm like, oh, there it is. Okay, thank you. Like, yep. nice, nice job, Marvel. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, the way they do it is in between every few stories, you get a cover gallery of three or four covers. Right. And that tells you kind of either what you just read or what you're about to read. But, yeah, you're right. Like, I didn't know going in either. I'm like, is this Spider-Man number two? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I was like, okay. but So, you know, great little bonus. That's the thing, the thing I love about these collections, these little yep. bonuses. So the next story is from Amazing Spider-Man uh, 150. On a clear day, you can see the mirage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why don't you tell them the next three, because it's all one big arc. Yeah, it's all one big arc. And then uh, the next story is The Ghost That Haunted Octopus, which is from Amazing Spider-Man 157. Like I said, it's all just one big uh, collected story. These are by Lynn Ween and Ross Andrew. And then you have uh, With Dr. Octopus from 158. And you got 159 as well. I'm sorry, yeah, 159. (laughs) I forgot 159 as well. I don't forget the name of that one. I'm trying to find the page. (laughs) Anyway... It's well, it four says, issues. 
Hammerhead's coming through on the cover, at least. Right. Yeah, it's, for, it's, collected, it's 156 through 159. It's this whole storyline. Exactly. It's a big four-issue story arc. The gist of it is Dr. Uh, Octopus has returned from the dead. He seeks out Aunt May, who he almost got married to previously. He seeks her out for some help. And, uh, and the whole reasoning behind this is that he, Dr. Octopus is being hunted by the ghost of Hammerhead. And so, and, and there's more to it, obviously. It's four issues. This is almost like a little mini trade paperback. You get four full-on Len Wein scripts. I mean, there's more words than that. You know, four issues by Len Wein than, like, I don't know, every copy of an, a Todd McFarlane comic. That's not fair to Todd. Todd writes way too much anyway. But it's a, very enjoyable. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Doc Ock, like, it's really funny to see because Doc Ock is pretty svelte in this, man. I mean, he's ripped. He's got a, he's got abs. He's got a, he's not the Doc Ock I think of. He's not the pudgy Doc Ock. And um, it was, it was interesting. And Hammerhead made kind of a cool thing because Hammerhead and, and Doc Ock had got blown up in an atomic explosion. Notice I didn't try and say the N-word, n- nuclear. And, um, and, and now they're back from the dead. Anyway, it makes for a fun time. It's funny to see Aunt May being nice to Doc Ock and then Peter having to sort of like threaten Doc Ock and say, look, don't mess with my aunt. But Doc Ock doesn't know that Spider-Man and Peter are the same guy. So there's some fun, quirky situations there. And I was shocked in complete hindsight how many times the word superior is used in conversations with Doc Ock. Did you notice that at all? No, I can't say that I did. Okay. Well, you know, you know in, in more modern comics, Doc Ock – Maybe you don't know. I don't know. Doc Ock's brain took over Peter Parker's right, body. Right, you did hear about that storyline okay. yeah. for like three years, and that's wow, was, really three years. It may have been two years. Uh, I want. I thought the series went into the thirties. Maybe it was two years. Either way, it was a surprisingly entertaining read. I didn't think anything going in, and I actually read them because I was more interested in Spider-Man twenty ninety nine, and I was like. They're really compelling. Anyway, uh, they are called the Superior Spider-Man. And I'm just shocked reading this how many times Doc Ock's in a scene where, the word, where he uses the word superior. Someone uses the word to mock him using superior. I guess that word's been around with him for a long time. So, I like uh, I like Hammerhead because Hammerhead is one of Spider-Man's great more 70s villains. He really is. Ugh. When you said you liked him, I was like, really? But I okay, I could see I why. Ironically, maybe? Okay. No, nah, he reminds me of Flat Top from Dick Tracy, which I like. Okay. <laughs> so, now Rob's going to tell you that, that what's coming up here, but the interesting thing is you take a jump from the 70s straight to, what, the 2000s here with yeah, this, this next... Yeah, <laughs> Yep. Uh, the next two stories are Duel to the Death with the Vulture and the Return of the Vulture from Marvel Age Spider-Man numbers one and two. Uh, one and six. Oh, one and six. I'm sorry. The print yep. is so small. See, there, it's a digest. And the, if I'm reading this right, the Marvel Age line was an effort to take old stories uh, from Spider-Man and basically modernize them because it says here plot by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Right. So they take an old issue and retell it in a more modern sense, which is sort of funny because there's one scene where uh, uh, where the vulture wants to steal the payroll from the Daily Bugle building, and he goes in to steal the payroll, and 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 <laughs> Jonah's like, "Here's a bunch of blank, you know, here's a bunch of checks. What are you going to do with these?" He's like, "What? Where's all the cash?" He's like, nobody's had checks, you know, no one's paid payroll and cash since the 1930s, you idiot. <laughs> now, maybe that was in Stan's original script, too. I don't know, but it cracked me up. I thought that was a lot of fun. Now, here is where the printing becomes a problem. Um, you were right, Rob. Those earlier stories are completely crisp, completely easy to read. They all have, you know, standard panel borders, a, white, a lot of white space around it. Now, what happens when you get to this issue? Well, this is when all the computer coloring comes in, and all yep. of a sudden, uh, everybody needs to have 75 tones all over their arms and legs. And, you know, just to my eyes, it's a little hard to read and a little ugly. 
because it's just overdone. And uh, when you reduce it down, it's even harder to look at. But it could just be that that's my eyes are drawn to the 70s stuff. That's what I grew up on, where it's a little more sophisticated than the Ditko stuff, but not, to me, overdone like the later stuff. But maybe if you're a kid that grew up on these stories, this this is the stuff that looks natural to you. I don't know. It's interesting. Okay, I, I have a similar opinion, but from a different angle. Uh, similar in that, yes, the computer coloring shrunken down on you know basically crappy newsprint paper doesn't reproduce all that well. You know, it is harder to read. And it's funny, from the old man perspective, I did not have to use my readers to read any of the older stories. Once we got to this story, I had to put my readers on. And I thought uh, our buddy Jason, who we hung out with at uh, HeroesCon, uh, I always say his last name wrong, so I'm just say Jason from Heroes and Hops. He, he commented uh, on Facebook that he said that the, the older stories reprinted better too. And I was going to make fun of him, basically just calling him he's an old fuddy-duddy or something like that. Then I got to this point, I'm like, oh, dang, he's right. So I had to use the readers. And, and, but now here's where I'm going to argue with you. You said the storytelling, you're more attracted to the 70s storytelling. I'm actually more attracted to this storytelling. Because these comics I enjoyed the heck out of. I used to buy these for my stepson when he was a little kid. I used to buy the Marvel Age line of Spider-Man and the Marvel Adventures line of Spider-Man, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And so I enjoyed these versions of Spider-Man. I enjoyed the artwork. I enjoyed these adventures. But it just didn't reproduce as well. I mean, it's still legible. You still read it, guys. But, you know, it's got the black panel borders. It's got the full bleeds, all that. And it's a, it's a little more difficult. But uh, it was a lot – I did enjoy it. And uh, I enjoyed these two Vulture stories. There's a lot of Vulture in this digest, by the way. Uh, I did enjoy these two Vulture stories. Those were, those were kind of fun. But the next ones are where my real passion come in. So what do we got next? Uh, the next two are two chapters of the Sinister Six story from Marvel Avengers numbers two and three. Yes. Marvel Adventures. Now, you, Rob, probably don't realize it, but I've talked about this line of books so many times on this podcast. I kept talking about um, kid-friendly Spider-Man comic books that you could get. In fact, I promoted one of these Marvel Adventures Digest on a previous Digest cast, and I promoted another Marvel Adventures Digest on today's episode. These were super fun. These were not based on Stan and Steve's old scripts. These were just inspired by that era. And they would tell sort of either one-and-done or short story-length stories about Spider-Man and they were very easy to understand, not a lot of continuity, and they were perfect to put in my kid's hands. You know, he was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12, maybe even a little bit younger when these came out, and they were the perfect comic. They did the whole black costume storyline in Marvel Adventures. They were great comics, and I enjoyed the hell out of this, the Sinister Six ones. It's funny, it's quirky, the characters are, they're not as nuanced as they might be in some of the more grown-up Spider-Man comics, but they're funny, they're quirks, they have quirks, you understand them, you get them real quick, you know, Craven is all, he doesn't want to hunt with other people, that's his shtick, you know, it's kind of funny. I enjoyed it, I love the art in this, I, I don't know who these people are, Patrick uh, Sherberger and Norman Lee did the art, but I enjoyed it quite a bit, it's got, the characters are a little um, caricature-esque, I don't know, What'd you, what did you think of this era? Spider-Man here. It's all right. <laughs> it was fun, really? you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's it's like I've read all these comics kind of before, so I don't know if I really need to have them redid. They're not for me. They're not for my age, so that's fine. Well, I personally love those, and I think a lot of other people will too. So, all right, then we get into the stuff that and it's, it's funny. This is where we sort of jump my era. Now, the next two stories, I was like, eh, this is clearly not my era. What are the next two ones, Rob? See, now this one I really liked, Ultimate Peter <laughs> Parker which is from Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number one. And the main reason I liked it is because it's drawn by... Uh, Nuno Plati? Your boy, Ty Templeton. Excuse me? Where yeah. does it say that? Ultimate Peter, pa Ultimate Peter Parker, script and art, Ty Templeton. I am trying to play catch up with you. I am on a page where it talks about written by Man of Action, art by Nunu Plati. I, I, okay, yeah. I'll, tr I'll trust you. I, I don't see it anywhere, but oh my gosh, are you serious? That's amazing. 
Yep, it says script and art, ultimate Peter Parker, script, story, slot, script, art, Templeton. And this is Ty Templeton's work. You can see it. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I mean, mm -hmm. the art is super fun. It's just done in that ultimate Spider-Man quirky style where he's having weird conversations where, like, suddenly he's talking to little tiny angel and devil versions of himself on his shoulders. And the art gets all quirky because it's in his head. And so it's. If you find the Sabrina the Teenage Witch ad. Oh, I just found it. Okay. okay. Go one. Oh, see, two. I was looking at all the pages. I was looking at all the pages leading up to it. Right. Because there's go go five for two one where he's fighting the shocker. Go five pages before that. Got it. Oh, I didn't even realize that's another story. Whatever that weird one. Okay. Because there's this other story where he's fighting the shocker. I don't know right. where that comes from. All right. Yeah, I couldn't figure out the name of that one. Okay, Ultimate Peter Parker, script and art by Temple. Okay, this one, yes, the art was very much. Uh, I, I okay, I was I was conf uh, what's that word when you mix two things together? I was putting them together so either way yes this is super fun where peter uh it, he's an agent of shield and they bring in a robot to replace him and he has to go out and be spider-man and the robot peter burger gets to enjoy his life and he decides that he's really not happy with the, the robot getting to enjoy all the fun with his friends uh lots of shots of mary jane and the robot together so obviously that's making peter a little jealous so you like this one huh i did i mean templeton to me i mean we all we're all huge fans of ty templeton yes and his work is particularly good for kid-friendly books, and it's particularly good for a digest because it's crisp, clean storytelling is really good. So he is a great digest artist. It did reprint really well, really well. And if you've ever watched the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, uh, then you would really dig this one. So what's the next one? Uh, the, the, uh, the last one, I guess. The last right? one is I couldn't figure out what the hell the name of this story is because it's just there's all this stuff all over the place. But it's from Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man. Web Warriors number two, which is basically a Spider-Man Deadpool team up. It's called Ultimate Deadpool. Oh, is it called Ultimate Deadpool? Okay. Yeah. All right. I like this one a lot too. It looks like the cartoon. It kind of yeah, looks it, like a cartoon. I, but I, I actually think this is a pretty funny team up. It almost seems like it sells of the cartoon, you know, in some ways, because mm -hmm. the art's so. And it even says based on Ultimate Deadpool. So right. it may have been an episode, and this is an adaptation. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool. Um, I, I didn't necessarily cotton to him when they introduced. I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool. Uh, I didn't necessarily like him when they introduced him in X-Force. Uh, and then uh, the popularity explosion as he is, his hot topic is not something that appeals to me. Uh, he doesn't really stand for my ideals in comics, but I got to tell you, I watched the movie against my will and thought it was pretty darn funny from like a gross out point of view, almost like a, you know, there's something about Mary kind of gross out point of view. It was pretty darn crude and funny. And this issue, I went in not wanting to enjoy it again, because it's Deadpool. And by the end, I was laughing pretty hard. I mean, it is genuinely funny the crap Deadpool pulls in this story. I really thought it was hilarious. And it was a good way to make Deadpool kid-friendly without making it, you know, over the top. Right, that's right. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Deadpool myself. I did like the movie. I've liked some of the comics, the Kyle Baker ones I like. But I like sort of when he interacts with the main DC universe because they have to kind of sand him down a little, which I, I, yes. I like. And I, think, and I just thought this was a genuinely funny story. Yeah, it really was. It was really, really funny. And if, for those of you who watched the cartoon, I would be interested to know if these are panels from the com uh, from the, the show or something because it does really look more like cell animation. It right. really does. DC did a lot of those too. They did Teen Titans Go Digest that were literally just cells from the cartoon. Yeah, and that's it. That's 200 pages. 200 pages of pure joy. I read this by the pool. Uh, really enjoyed the heck out of it and just was so fun. Cover to cover. And it, it really does span all those eras, you know? The other thing they did, which I like, is it features an ad for the next Digest. That's true. And what uh, what topic is that, Rob? It says, next issue, Avengers. It's got a nice Ooh. painting uh, by John Cassidy of Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Falcon, and Vision. So I'm like, that's that's awesome. I You know, let people Wasp know what's two. coming next. Hmm? The Wasp 2. 
That was the wasp there? I didn't even yeah. see the wasp. Okay. In front of Iron Man. Oh. Yes, and uh, I love oh, Iron yeah, Man. Right. Captain America's foot's like right in your face. It looks really cool. And uh, we found out from the solicitations that that's due in August. That's why we're speculating that this Spider-Man won't be on the shelves till August. I'm excited about that one because I, you know, Avengers has a but I can't wait. I'm sure there's going to be four or five stories about the brown jacket Avengers in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it'll. <laughs> a lot of Doctor Druid. I I will be interested to see if they follow this pattern where they completely skip the 80s and 90s and just jump right over those suckers. Because, uh, you know, I would have expected something. I mean, Spider-Man was huge in the 80s and 90s, you know? So I figured there'd be something in here. I mean, maybe not Carnage or something, but, you know, Venom or something. I don't know. It, it is but, interesting that they devoted four whole issues of, of the Hammerhead storyline. <laughs> That's a lot of real estate to give to a relatively obscure... Not relative, nah, no, no, it's not that obscure because the Doc Ock thing is big. But still, it's funny that, like, of all the villains, Hammerhead gets a lot of space in this deck. Right. Yeah. So does Vulture. Vulture's... He's got two issues. Well, the Vulture's in, a big move, a big villain, you know? He is a movie star. I yes. didn't even think about that. Michael yeah. Batman is playing the Vulture, for Pete's sakes. Birdman. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's been Batman, Birdman, and Vulture. <laughs> he's got a shtick going. So, I started, like, brainstorming, like, what other digests we might get. Like, I don't know. I would love if we got, like, a Spider-Man team-up digest. Because that would be right in the wheelhouse of where they're going with the movies. Because, you know, the rumor right now is buzzing around is that the movie, future movies will feature Spider-Man teaming up with other characters. Sort of like what they're doing with Thor and Hulk. You know? Or, or, or a Thor-Hulk digest. You know, where it's just team-ups with Thor and Hulk or something like that. I mean, they could go... They, they could do it in such a way they don't pigeon themselves to one character or one franchise of films like Avengers. Uh, but it does seem to make sense that they're going to stick with the films. You know? Like, I don't, I, would, I don't think we'd see a Guardians of the Galaxy digest. But, not now, no. Yeah, and my, not, bet, my bet would be on a Thor Hulk one because that one, if they do Marvel Digest number three, that will be out in October and it'll be just before the movie comes out. So there you I, go. I think that's yeah. a safe bet. Or maybe just Hulk, you know, or something or, or whatever. If they if they feel like they got enough Thor in the Avengers one, but yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Oh, so excited about this. So excited. So much fun. So what else we got going on in the world of Digest Cast? Well, I did want to mention just one other funny thing. If you look at the indicia, mm -hmm. it says Marvel Comics Digest published by Archie Comics. Uh, that. <laughs> it's like it's not actually published by Marvel. It's published. Someone by take a snapshot of that. You're not going to see that too often. Yeah, that's really weird. That's very. Now, it, also, I guess we should mention throughout this thing there are tons and like in between every story there's an ad for for an Archie product, whether it be uh, the Riverdale comics that are out or the Archie comics that are out. Um, well, I guess there's a Spider-Man ad. Okay, Archie Over the Edge by Mark Wade. Sabrina. Uh, there's Riverdale. Yeah. Yep. Oh, here's a Marvel one: Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. So it's it's got a lot of ads that I mean they're targeting folks, and, and Archie obviously got their space in here too. So I, I hope Archie's pleased with the with the sales. You know, I hope, Mar I hope both of them are, and hope this continues for quite a while. Yes, uh, I've been tagging on our new Twitter feed, which we'll mention in a moment. I've been tagging Marvel and Archie every opportunity because I would like, like, I would love to speak to somebody at, like in their PR department to talk about this, like to give oh my an gosh. interview. You know, that would be awesome. Yeah, we so you know getting attention. We did get some attention, didn't we? We did. Uh, after you kept bugging me about not doing a Twitter feed, I finally started one because I managed to find one le one more email address I hadn't used up yet as a Twitter <laughs> registration. So I did start a Twitter feed, and it is it's just called DigestCast on Twitter. And so now you now you can follow the adventures of the DigestCast over on Twitter. And like uh, I think the fifth post in uh, yep. that I posted, we got a retweet from Mark Millar. 
of all people. <laughs> and he wrote something to the effect of five tweets in, and I'm already in love with this Twitter feed. Uh, follow these lovely people. Yep. And then so we started getting all these follows from Mark Millar. So thank you, <laughs> very, thank you very much, Mr. Millar. That's totally kick-ass. I, I had to like look at his account and like make sure I'm like, is this the real guy or is this like a fan account? Because I'm like, why would Mark Bellar, you know, out of nowhere? But no, it's him. So uh, yeah, I know. Very, very cool. exciting. That's so cool. Now, folks, just so you know, just so you feel safe, if you do interact with the Digest Cast Twitter account, just know it's only Rob because he won't give me the password. So don't worry, you won't be getting any messages from me. It's the only part of the account I can get into because, of course, we know Cisco locked us out on the rest right. of the uh, network. Right. So it's the only thing I have control over <laughs> is the Twitter feeds. And Rob loses the uh, passwords anyway. He has he has more abandoned uh, Twitter accounts than I have uh, <laughs> illegitimate children. So um, wow, that went that went pretty dark fast. You, didn't you it? had a, you had a fun weekend in Heroes Con, didn't you? <laughs> what happens at HeroCon stays at HeroesCon. <laughs> anyway, so this has been awesome. Such a blast, folks. Get yourselves a copy of this. Go to your grocery store. Go to your Target. Go to your pharmacy. Go wherever. Buy you know what? Buy two copies. Buy one copy for yourself and buy one for a kid in your life. Put it in their hands. Say, kid, read this. It'll make you smarter. You know? And uh, yeah, support that's it. a good way to do they... it. It's condescend to someone. <laughs> What'd you say? It's a good way, good way to build the rapport is to condescend to someone. That's a great idea. <laughs> hey, I'm, I am that cool uncle. My, my nephews and nieces think I'm awesome. So, all right. Well, I think that is going to do it for this time. We're going to skip feedback because we're going to save that for – again, this is a digest cast episode uh, or digest sized episode. Digest sized episode. Yeah, they're yeah, all digest cast episodes. I know. I, I got it all. I'm so – I'm conflating the two. There is that word I was trying to say. I'm conflating the two. So, all right. Uh, well, find a Digest Cast on Twitter. You can find the Fire and Water uh, podcast on Facebook. You can find Rob under every other Twitter handle out there. Find me at Firestorm Fan. But most importantly, please go to our website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. Uh, and look up Digest Cast under shows and leave us some comments. Find episode 3.5 because Rob loves Marvel's numbering. And uh, leave us a comment and tell us what you thought about this Digest. Or post or, or you know, go on the social medias and tag Digest Cast and take pictures of yourself buying these or take pictures of them in grocery stores. Let's get that, that would be awesome, actually. Yeah, let's get a bunch of pictures out there of people with these things or buying them or seeing them in stores and get that on the internet and get, you know, kind of raise the awareness. That would be fantastic. That would be super cool. Yeah, let us know how you found these. Because I said, yeah. for me, it wasn't easy. For Shag, it was super easy. Uh, I think, and everybody probably experiences everything in between. So let us know how you found these particular books. Yep. All right. Well, next time we get back together, it really will be for the Supergirl Digest with Dr. Ange. And so that's going to be great to watch for that sometime soon. And uh, folks, as always, remember, big things come in small packages.